0: Are you ready? Yeah,
1: yeah, yes! uh, Let's get ready to rumble.
2: Can't wait. This, this, this is Modern on the mic on the A1 Sports Network.
0: Bow to the masters. Break it down.
1: Hi doing everybody and welcome to the Moffat on the Mic radio show, courtesy of the A1 Sports Network. I am Craig Moffitt, and of course this show would not be complete without the people's producer, the founder, the head honcho, the big cheese, the president of the A1 Sports Network, a man who has learned to build a business in his basement. <laughs> I am talking about with that friggin' vacuum cleaner that's still there. <laughs> Get rid of it. I'll move it. <laughs> No, people, we are not sponsored by Dirt Devil. <laughs> I am talking about, of course, Chris Clem. What's up, Craig? Klim, this is the beginning of a big week for guests, as we are going to have guests over the next few days. Uh, it doesn't you know? One is definitely not bigger than the other, but it's awesome that they all take the time to chat with us and hang out with us and talk some sports with us. And uh, today, I am super excited, as well as Clem. As we have really our first super fan, mm-hmm. I would say. You know, maybe Carragher counts for wrestling, but, um, you know, this is a big Islander super fan. She hosts her own podcast called Kim and the Crease on YouTube, as well as, um, uh, what's the platform we were just on on it worldwide that we shut down? Pete, oh, on um, Periscope. Periscope, that's what it I got tired of. I got tired of getting messages from Jeff and like shady people at the same time. Oh, my gosh. So, uh, she hosts her own Islanders podcast called Kim in the Crease on YouTube and Periscope. She is a major Islander fan, and we are lucky to get her because Clem went to school with her at uh, LIU. We are talking about Kim Moisa. She's going to join us in a few minutes to talk about Islanders playoff hockey. Clint, we're nine days away, man. I'm excited. Nine days away from playoff
2: I, hockey, folks. I'm so yeah. excited, man. This is like – there's something about playoff hockey in general that just like it like it takes hockey to like the next level even for like average fan. Like I'm not going to sit here and say I watch every Islanders game, but mm-hmm. when it's when the Islanders are in the playoffs, I will watch every single game because it's that exciting.
1: No, I agree. I mean, actually you know I don't get MSG here mm-hmm. where I am. So hopefully I I do have the NBC Sports network app, so hopefully I can watch it on that if I'm lucky. So but um, we're excited to have her on. We're going to be talking about a lot of different stuff, uh, Islanders related, of course. And um, so there's that. Also this week, Wednesday, we're going to have Creative Pro and indie wrestling star Jack Tomlinson on the show to talk about the, basically the state of independent wrestling and um, his, you know, his brief time with the WWE as part of 205 Live, as well as um, BSK's tag team partner in the infamous Viking Raiders match at Monday Night Raw. And uh, Friday, we're actually really excited to have, um, for the first time, we're going to have Chrissy Freud. She is a beat writer for the Tennessee Titans, as well as uh, she also covers LSU football for USA Today. So we're going to talk to her as well. Um, You know, curious to see what happens with college football, because a lot of conferences are either shutting down their seasons altogether, or they're going to a conference-only schedule. So, um, and this will be the first year for LSU, obviously, without Joe Burrow. And uh, we'll also get her thoughts on Joe Burrows uh, in Cincinnati, the expectations as well. And then next Monday, um, we were talking about it on our show the last time, but we are confirming it right now. Mark Salino from Statement Games is going to join us for a little bit of a fantasy perspective for baseball and basketball, with, and uh, maybe even hockey, with sports uh, pretty much starting up all next week.
2: Look at us, all the range of guests for the our next four shows were packed out. I know, man. This is aggressive. This is aggressive <laughs> no, like- by all of us, by
1: the both of us. So. Um, you know, we're pretty psyched to have it. And, again, we always appreciate when guests take the time to come hang out with us for a little bit to talk some sports. Um, some brief notes, basically, over the weekend before, uh, before Kim comes on. Uh, I don't know if you just saw the breaking news a little while ago. The NFL is going to do daily testing for COVID-19 with training camps starting this week. Rookies report this week. Uh, the rest of the players report next week. I think the Texans and the Chiefs are the first two teams to report. Mm-hmm. Um, as a unit, not just rookies, but um, players as well. So that's actually a huge step forward as the players, a lot of players including JJ. Watt, Drew Brees, um, I think Stefan Diggs was part of that, Jarvis Landry, were all voicing their concerns over the weekend on Twitter that the NFL had really no plan for mm-hmm. COVID 19. So this is a big step forward to get games going. So that's you know, listen, if you were hoping for su- for Sunday football this year, um, this is a big step. So this is kind of – this is going to be really important. I think it will be important for the players and stuff. I think it's going to be daily testing for the first few weeks. And I think um, if the per certain percentage rate is at a particular low, mm-hmm. then they start going every other day. Right. So either way, though, testing will be very frequent on, um, for each team's training camp and uh, everything. Uh, the Jets started signing a few of their draft picks, as they still have a few that are still left out there. Um, they just signed James Morgan today, and they signed Braden Mann, which leaves Makai Becton as the only one that's unsigned. But most likely you should have a deal done by next week. Hmm. And uh, Jamal Adams had a pretty interesting tweet today. I don't know if you saw it. I did not. Um, let me see if I can pull it up real quickly before Kim comes on. Uh, just bear with me one second because it kind of – it's a weird message in a way. So it's tough to really make make what to make of it. Mm-hmm. But basically he wrote – it's about to be a great week. Let's attack it. Hashtag prize. So now we obviously haven't heard anything for a while on the Jamal Adams contract discussions. You know, Miles Garrett got his deal. Mahomes got his deal. So Adams, a lot of people are starting to push that should get a deal and everything. You and I have both voiced this subject to the end of time. So we probably, you know where we stand on it. But the fact that he really hasn't voiced his displeasure about anything not to mention a tweet like this. Maybe things are moving in the right direction. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, there's, maybe there's negotiations on a contract. Maybe there's, maybe there's uh, some progress made. Who knows?
2: Yeah, maybe there's something, I think, going on behind the scenes because it did come out, oh, I think it was over the weekend, that he's going to be at camp the, yeah. when, when camp opens up. So I was like, okay, that's a great sign to see. Maybe he's putting putting aside all this BS about the contract and he's just getting ready to go with the team. Or maybe Gase, Douglas, Greg Williams, someone talked to him and was just like, Look, you'll get your money. It's just a matter of, you know, when they're gonna do it, blah, blah, blah. They talked to him behind the scenes and they just didn't nothing's came out about it yet.
1: And that's what we said before. We said that Douglas really has to sit down and talk to him because the more Douglas stays silent, the more it looks I think it would eventually look bad. Yeah. For Douglas. So, hopefully, there's some positive signs with camp next week. Now, rookies report, I think, at the end of this week. And then the, uh, the rest of the quarterbacks report Friday, I think, or Saturday. And then the rest of the group reports uh, a week from tomorrow, July 28th. Mm. So, um, you know, this is hopefully a good sign. Because the last thing the Jets really need right now is drama, especially around Jamal Adams. Look, you and I both know we want to see him in green and white. Um, I just didn't like the antics that came with it. Yeah. But as long as Douglas is working on something or maybe just progress, maybe, you know, whatever it is, I think it's a good sign for all parties involved. And like we said last week, man, I think Le'Veon Bell kind of stole his thunder a little bit. I think he kind of stole some of his leverage by basically telling Hot 97 that uh, he wants to stay in New York. The vibe he got was he wanted to stay in New York. I don't see a reason why Le'Veon Bell has to lie. Yeah, so- exactly.
2: And why lie about that? Like why would he be just like pulling our leg about like, oh yeah, he loves to be in here. Psych he doesn't. Like why would he why would he like it's not like he would, he's, he's not like he's gonna do that. So I uh, yeah, I think like you like we mentioned last week, he definitely pulled out the rug from underneath Jamal Adams and was just like he he he, sh- he showed his hand basically. And uh we had a first taste of exhibition baseball over the weekend. Yeah, the so, Mets uh, looked good up until the ninth inning on Saturday.
1: uh yeah i'm just gonna be really quick about the mets um look i don't take much into exhibition baseball it's two exhibition games We don't really know how hard these guys are playing yeah i'm gonna want to get hurt especially with the season starting for the mets on friday and everything but here's what i will say yesterday's game to me felt like they no-showed they felt like they just weren't really playing hard they were making really careless mistakes Dom Smith looked terrible in left field on that fly ball by Gardner. He didn't know where it was. Mm. And, um, you know, look, the Mets are a team right now. They cannot afford to start out flat. Yeah. I'm going to give the Yankees a little bit more of a pass because the Yankees, I think, have the roster. And you know they're going to be in it regardless. The Mets are a team that are going to have to scratch and claw probably for every win they can. Right. And, you know, listen, we know they have a good roster on paper. We know they have a good rotation for the most part. Yes, not having Syndergaard is a tough blow. But I think Porcello handled himself pretty well. I think Waka's looked good so far. And, you know, DeGrom, the good news about DeGrom is he's going to pitch opening day, which is a huge plus. Um, That being said, I don't like when the Mets come out flat, even if it's an exhibition game. Because, number one, while it is an exhibition game, you have a lot to prove. So does Rojas. Number two, you're playing the Yankees. And I think you want to try to be a little aggressive with them and you want, you want to try to play, put your best foot forward against a team like the Yankees. Right. Okay, because you will be seeing them six times this year with the newly condensed schedule. This weekend series against Atlanta is the best way to describe it. It's a tone setter. It's a must-win series. And with... The possibility, I don't know if Freddie Freeman is going to play at all this series because, you know, Freddie Freeman tested positive for COVID. Yeah. And he's been really sick, although I don't know how much better he's gotten. But he did do an interview over the weekend saying that he thought he was going to die in not too many words. But, um, you know, that's kind of important. They, signed, they tried to sign Yasiel Puig last week, and he tested positive for COVID. So yeah. he's pretty much done. You know, this is the time right now that the Mets can take advantage of the Atlanta Braves and try to win two or three of home. The Braves have always given them fifth, but this is a big tone setter because the schedule is not really easy. Not really yeah. easy at all.
2: Yeah, the, both the AL East and the NL East are going to be very competitive this year. And I already saw MLB.com, I think, put up projections of what it's uh, – like the final standings. They had a three-way tie for the NL East between the Mets, the Braves, and the Phillies. And it's not out of the realm of possibility, man.
1: It's really not, which is why they just – i listen, I don't expect them to win every game, but – you know, this is what sometimes bothers me about a player, man, player's manager mm-hmm. because the players love to play for him and sometimes you get this weird vibe that's because they can get over on him. Right. And he's not really like a Girardi who's going to be in your face if he if he thinks you're doing something wrong or you're not hustling. Right. So, but that being said, I thought Porcello pitched okay. I thought he gave up a few too many hits. I thought Oswald didn't pitch bad. I think his thing was just too many pitches. But, um, you know... The defense on Saturday kind of screwed them over. Familia was actually pitching really well. And that third baseman, I think the guy in the post wrote it perfectly. They thought he was trying to decapitate one of the cardboard cutouts in the uh, front row, (laughs) did he feel, because he kept throwing it away into the stands. (sighs) And then on top of that, Diaz came in, Guillaume booted a ball, and that kind of led to a little bit of a a rough uh, patch for Diaz. But, you know, yesterday the bullpen guys weren't really anything special. Hunter Strickland didn't pitch bad. But I just don't like games where they don't show up. You know, I, if I had to pinpoint, like, a particular moment, it was the fourth inning. The fourth inning where Jeff McNeil strikes out on three pitches. Pete Alonzo strikes out on four pitches. Cano's behind in the count early before he gets a single. You know, these are the types of at-bats you don't want, especially against Jordan Montgomery, who's coming off Tommy Johnson.
2: Exactly, yeah. So, like, especially, like, you know, that's the day you want to try and show out and prove to, like, you know what, like, hey, we, we're here to play. You know, we're here to play against the – we're here to play against the Yankees. We, everyone is expecting the Yankees to at least go to the AL, AL championship game. So, you, yeah. want, you want to at least show, prove yourself against the Yankees. Here's one thing. Is she here yet? I'm texting her right now. Okay. Here's one thing that
1: kind of, like, was weird, but it still happened. You're in a stadium with no fans. Zero fans, right? And you know, over the weekend, um, this senator died. I think uh, Congressman who uh, was very well known. Very unfortunately, I, I didn't didn't follow it enough to remember his name, and I don't have time to look on my phone for it. So the Yankees did a moment of silence yesterday at the stadium, and they also did a moment of silence for the uh, post for the photographer, the New York Post,
2: mm-hmm.
1: who passed away from COVID nineteen, who was a very very well reputable photographer. Well-known among the Mets, among the Yankees, among the Yankee players, among the Mets players. And they were very, you know, it was very, they were very upset about it. But they did a moment of silence. But the problem is there's nobody in the stadium. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So the moment of silence just felt weird just because it was already silent in the stadium to begin with. And I kind of laughed at it because I texted my wife's cousin. And I said, well, I said, I thought it was weird doing a moment of silence when there's like literally nobody in the stands. (laughs) absolutely nobody in the stands. So it's like, but it just made me laugh in a weird way. But, I mean, it was still a tragedy, so to speak, over the weekend. But it was just the fact of them doing a uh, moment of silence. But overall, it's good to have baseball back. It was fun watching the games for the most part. I enjoyed it, you know, even though the outcome wasn't what we wanted. At the end of the day, I'm just hoping that this does not become like a – where they get complacent, where they get as a tone setter. Right. So, but – other than that, I mean, that was pretty much the, the biggest part of sports. I, f- I figured before we get out, after we're done with Kim, we'll, uh, we'll talk a little bit about extreme rules and stuff.
2: She's here speaking of Kim. She's here
1: right now. Okay, put her through. <laughs> Joining us right now on the Moffat on the Mic show, she is the host of her own podcast called Kim in the Crease. You can find it on YouTube. You can find it on Periscope. She is considered by many an Islander super fan, judging by the, the jersey and the back wall of her bedroom. And uh, she is a good friend of Clems, and we really appreciate her taking the time to talk with us. We are talking to Kim Moisa. Hey, Kim.
0: Hi, how are you? What's
1: on, right, Kim? How are you?
0: I'm good. How are you guys?
1: I'm doing good. So, first question. Um, obviously, no games this year at the Coliseum. How do you feel about that, the possibility that there is no games for the 2021 season? And do you like the Barclays Center and traveling to the Barclays Center?
0: Ha <laughs> okay um <laughs> let's let's start off with you know, playoffs were supposed to be in the Coliseum. It wasn't going to happen anyway because fans can't even come to the Coliseum. so in the, in, a, aspe- in that aspect, I, it's you know it's a loss, but at least you know it wouldn't have really affected us anyhow due to you know safety concerns. But I'm hoping since it's you know it's not perma- it's not a permanent shutdown. Mm -hmm. It's only for a bit. I'm hoping that it will reopen back up, and hopefully we can see it in the 2021 season. As for Barclays,
1: the train... Long Islanders hate it. I don't have a problem with it, but it it might be a little easier for me, just because I'm more south south on Long Island.
0: Yeah, no, it's an hour train ride for me there and back. It's it's a little bit of a pain in the butt, but hey, you, you have a lot of fun train stories with friends and stuff like that. Barclays Center is made for basketball, and yeah. I feel like any hockey fan will tell you they've sat in a seat at least once where you couldn't see a part of the ice and you had to lean. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the crooked scoreboard and everything. Yeah, it's yeah not, exactly. It's center, the center ice. Yeah, I haven't been to too many games at the Barclays, but I was like, ooh, not a fan, not a fan at all. Just terrible. I was like, I was, I, you know, I actually had the same question because I was like, I was going to ask the same question. I was like, you know. How do you feel about the thing? But I was like Kim, you would go see a game on the moon if the Islanders were playing there. So I, 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 I was like, you know what? I, I had to get her opinion. <laughs> so you how- know what?
0: I'll follow them anywhere. And you know what? Barclays Center kept us on Long Island. That's the only reason I'm really appreciative towards the Barclays Center is that at least we're not in Kansas right now. <laughs> but, uh, like straight up, I remember I had seats. It was like right on top of uh our net. And every time I wanted to see what was happening in our zone, I would have to, like, lean over the glass just to see what was happening below me. And I was like, this sucks.
2: Yeah, it's terrible. So
1: I how- mean, there's a lot of obstructed view at the Barclays Center, just like, or not. You can't see the. You can see three quarters of the ice. Yeah. Certain corners you can't see very well.
0: So you do, the, so you do what Islanders fans know to do, is that you have the seats up top where you can't see anything. Halfway through the first, sneak down to the bottom and just sit with, like, you look, you like, you like scour seats and you're like, okay, no one came there. So you go down, you're oh, just I like, oh, hey, what's the You sit there and there's your seats for the game. So
1: I am glad to see that's a tradition that still runs
2: wild among Islander fans because mm-hmm. I used to do that all the time. I do that when I go to Mets games too. It's just like me and my friends will look up to see who didn't buy tickets in what section and we'll be like, all right, we're sneaking down there.
1: Yeah, exactly. You could do that by the second inning.
2: so Kim how excited are you that hockey's coming back in nine days
0: oh my god finally (laughs) (laughs) I mean I wanted to do I wanted to be in a safe and you know good manner for the players the NHL uh, player safety just came out with a statement that among like the 2000 tests only two tested positive which is like really great results I mean not for the two but uh, I'm just really happy that it's in a safe manner that you know the bubble style as weird as it is and as weird as it's going to be for the players not to have fans and play these playoff games I'm happy it's in a safe environment for us to at least have these playoffs and have a Stanley Cup at least awarded this year so I'm very very excited about that and who's not excited I mean as an Islanders fan personally to our first game is going to be against the New York Rangers. So, you know, <laughs>
1: going to be fun. Is that this weekend?
0: That's July 29th.
1: July 29th, okay. Um, well, one of the good things about the Isles right now is that they're going into the playoffs healthy. And there are a lot of the guys that are hurt that were hurt, like Clutterbuck, uh, Sezekis, Martin, uh, Pellick.
0: Martin wasn't hurt.
1: Uh, oh, Martin was there. hurt. I'm sorry, I stand corrected. Uh, Pellick, a- Pellick a- had an Achilles injury.
0: Yes. I mean clutter's, oh, clutters like always hurt, but
1: <laughs> it's also kind of a freak injury. Like Pelic, I think if I remember right, he didn't he get like he ran into the door of the uh of the uh, bench during a no, practice, with Pelic
0: like Pellick was a weird accident before one of the games. Like it was right before warm ups and I the like the canon uh theory among fans is mm-hmm. that he was playing soccer and somehow playing warm up soccer tore his Achilles. <laughs> <laughs> so that's so, the that's the canon theory.
1: So now that they're pretty much healthy again, who do you think is the more important Islander in the postseason right now, Adam Pelik or Casey Sezikas?
0: Oh, oh, that's. Now I'm a huge Casey <gasps> fan.
1: I love Casey Sezikas. He's one of my own. I'm
0: not wearing him right now, which is but um. <laughs> I mean, both have their aspects. I mean, I think. I'm going to more lean towards Pellick because of the demise of the Islanders, especially defense-wise, with Pellick. Losing him was a really key uh, loss and really uh, was detrimental to our uh, back-end defense, which is our strongest part of our team. Well, when you look at someone like Casey Zizekas, he helps morale and is like our number one PK guy. And that's someone you definitely want, especially since the refs love calling penalties on us. So both really have a lot of weight on the team, but I guess I would go more towards Adam Pellick.
2: Now, right before the, the whole COVID situation got one, big acquisition the Islanders got was Pajot. So what do you think that, you know, we had these four months off and now he actually, like, gets a training, like a little bit of a training camp with some of these players means to the Islanders in, in a whole?
0: Um, uh, having Pajot kind of like acclimate to the team and now kind of get to settle, learn his line mates, learn what chemistry works with Pajot, finding what line he is best suited on. Because when we were playing him in the seven games, it was kind of, you know, popcorning him to line, seeing who he worked best with. So getting him acclimated to the team, I think, is a huge asset to the New York Islanders, especially since we need that depth. And now we can see what and what best way we can utilize Pajot to give us that forward depth and finally get some shots on net. Um, as for Pajot, I'm really excited for him in the playoffs. If you're talking about a dark horse player, I think Pajot will definitely be one for the New York Islanders. He is known, especially on the Senators, for being that playoff player to, you know, just like, you know, rip over the Superman shirt and just come out during the playoffs. Uh, him and Everly, I'm, I'm hoping they come to their playoff stature because that would be a huge asset for our team
1: yall so have also a few the uh, younger guys up with the team practicing um i don't know if they'll all be uh, do they have like guys that are inactive pretty much like when they are they all traveling together with the team or are they going to be guys that are automatically inactive Or is...
0: I know like i know with an in, inactive status like sorkin obviously is going to be one of them i'm not sure if they're going to bring up wallstrom and Belos. i'm not sure about those young guys i know they're bringing up Dobson. i know that's that's a de- like that's a definite i feel like he could be a good uh, person to, like, um, replace some of the veterans from time to time, you know, just give them a break, you know, rest their, rest their skates a little bit. But um, aside from that, I don't really know about the rosters for going up.
1: Now, that actually is my question about Bellows and Wallstrom. Yeah, okay. Do you think they have – do you think they should crack the roster for the playoffs? And if so, who do you think they should replace? <laughs>
0: Who that's tough because I'm really happy with everyone on my roster. There's nowhere I look at him and I'm like, Oh man, get off the ice, please, we need a new player.
1: Right.
0: I used to think that about Adam Pellick before Barry Trotz actually. <laughs> but Barry Trotz effect though, really if I had to do a superlative for a New York Islander, it, for Adam Pellick it would be most improved player. Like s- straight oh, up. He's
1: been great. Yeah, he's been great.
0: He's been absolutely great and that's really something I'm really glad to see about Pellic that he's uh, finally coming into his own and his potential. But uh, you'd rather yeah.
1: have Wallstrom over like Michael Dal Cole.
0: Oh, there okay, there's a name I totally forgot about and you just reminded me about. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's a he's a to me, he's a very frustrating player because I feel like he should be ten times better than what he is.
0: Yeah, no, he, he was someone that had great expectations on him and, you know, sadly did not meet those expectations of the player that we thought we were going to get from Michael dalcole Cole. And, you know, I I feel bad, like, talking bad about players because, you know, everyone tries their hardest and everyone's, you know, out there to play their best game. But in NHL level, I would rather see Wallstrom, John, Johnston, or Bellows in his spot, honestly.
2: Yeah, I always, like, when Wallstrom came up, like, at the beginning of the season to, I forgot who he replaced. I think it was Clutterbuck when he went, when he got injured and I'm watching him play. I'm like, Wallstrom's like, he wasn't playing awful, but I was like, he should stay up on the whole, the whole season. And then he, they brought him down. I was like, ah, I, I, get, I
0: about more. I felt more about Bellows, like in coming into his own. I felt like he was the better forward, honestly.
2: Yeah. Bellows look good at times too, this season. I, I was very impressed with the young guys between Bellows, Dobson, and Wallstrom, all the times that they, uh, th- that they got played
1: The thing that – here's a question I have for you. This is more for the minor league, like Bridgeport. And I've noticed, like, we have what I feel like is a really stock cupboard of good players, like, you know, obviously Noah Dobson. But Dal Cole and guys like Dal Cole and Josh Hosang were there. And these guys never really developed. And I always feel like a lot of times the Islanders have a lot of guys that reach – that have potential to be really good – But they're never really, they never hit that mark, so to speak. It's almost like they're good, but they could be so much better. In your opinion, do you think there's a problem in Bridgeport, maybe with the coaching or just with the overall player development?
0: No, I I actually discussed this with people on my podcast about that because uh, I've had a lot of people say that, you know, we should replace the coaching in Bridgeport, that that's the reason that they're not flourishing is that we don't have that, you know, top tier coaching to help them reach their potentials. my mind's blanking on our coach in Bridgeport right now.
1: But uh, Thompson. Huh? Brent Thompson.
0: Brent Thompson, thank you. But, he's yeah, no. There. I
1: feel like he's been there forever. And yeah, I just, no,
0: he yeah. has. <laughs> and maybe maybe it's time for a change. You know, what? I understand, like, people's point of views about that. But, you know, like with Michael DelCole, with uh, Josh Ho saying, and you worry about the young guys coming in, or are they going to have the same problems? But – To see, like, Wallstrom and Bellows come in and actually do well, where, you know, fans were – you know, Chris and I are, like, big fans, and, you know, seeing them do well and seeing that they progressed well and that they were able to come up to the NHL at least produce, I mean, that goes more towards his favor because, I mean, these guys, you know, sometimes one or two, you know, just don't work out, but, you know, three, four, and five do. So it's like I want to see what happens with Bellos and Wallstrom and guys like that. I want to see what happens with those players. And then I'll kind of take my judgment on, can he develop?
2: So speaking of young guys, one guy we just signed to our deal is our potentially our future goalie, in Sorokin. What potentially? Is, <laughs> well, that's my question. I was going to say, is he going to be the next big thing with the Isles? Yes. Yes. <laughs> that quick. Yes. But she has
1: to answer your question before you finish it. Then you know, <laughs> <laughs> like literally, was like you weren't even finished with a sentence, and she's like, "Yep." <laughs> C-
0: come on, like, I think you gotta look at it. I mean,
1: it, it all like <laughs>
0: fell into place. Hmm. Uh, We have the advantage now because his first year contract kind of gets burned up here, but he has that time with Mitch Horn. He gets to play with the team, understand and get used to NHL ice with and things like that and get used to that new format. So if anything, we have an advantage of this, him going in, getting used to everything. So when he comes in to the next NHL season, which I think is starting December 1st, he's going to be ready to go. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sadly, Grice's contract is coming up and he's basically filling that slot. Right. So him and Varley are just gonna be our two top goaltenders and Sorokin's numbers if they've transferred from the KHL woo, Okay, it's gonna be a very interesting day.
1: But do you think that Sorokin will be on the main roster when the season, the twenty twenty to twenty one season begins, or do you think he'll probably start in Bridgeport and then maybe eventually
0: No. He's going to be on the roster. Thank you for
1: letting uh, me finish the question. <laughs> I appreciate. I really, it. Thank you. I don't
0: think he he does not want to be in the he does not want to be in Bridgeport. He did offer up though to the team that he would do some Bridgeport time, like if he could play in the playoffs or something to that effect. Right. But uh, sadly, you know, the NHL was like not going to let that happen. But now he gets to, you know get accustomed. He doesn't have to play in Bridgeport, but he gets that training and that uh, new acclamation. And I think he's just going to be ready to go, tip-top shape, put him in 2021 season.
2: Now, Barry Trotz recently said that he didn't like what he saw in their recent scrimmage. You think that's kind of, like, nerv- nervous, to like, some of the fans that, like, they hear that's like, well, we, that's not nothing we don't want to hear. That's something we want to hear, especially no. from Barry Trotz.
0: Yeah. Um, I didn't know Barry said that, so I'm
2: yeah, glad you had talk. to do some research before this whole this whole thing.
0: Oh, okay, okay.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> he, has, he has the news day in front of him.
0: <laughs> Honestly, I've been I was hearing nothing but good things. Like uh, Lee got a hat trick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Barzell was you know being Matt Barzell in the eyes. I, I guess you could take that two ways, but um, I'm actually surprised to hear that. I'm glad you know Barry's honest. He's gonna be honest when he doesn't yeah. like what he sees from this team, which is why fans you know respect him, and I think it's good that at least Barry's, you know, good to come out and say, hey, I'm not liking what I'm seeing from my team. I need to fix this. Yeah. And he's going to fix and fix his players and fix the lines and fix, um, the sc- like, the scrimmages before going into playoff mode. He, I feel like Barry Trotz is not going to put his team in until they're playoff team ready.
1: We are talking to Kim Moisa, host of the Kim in the Crease podcast. You can find it on YouTube as well as Periscope. Um... I had Andrew Gross on from Newsday a few weeks ago. Uh, we were, you know, we were right about the time I think the NHL had officially announced that they were coming back. Yeah. And this was a question I asked him, and while he didn't want to admit it, he kind of agreed that it was. And the question is, do you think that the pandemic was a blessing in disguise for the Islanders, being as though yes. they were playing so poorly? <laughs> and there were there was like literally like. It was almost like you knew they weren't. They, you had you knew they weren't going to make it because just after that loss to Ottawa in Ottawa. Oh, and you hate to say that, but do you think it was?
0: Oh, absolutely. In terms of hockey-wise, we desperately needed that break, that time to just come, like take a moment, reset,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and get going. Like it was, you know, it was. Bad for the New York Rangers, which makes me chuckle, but it was <laughs> amazing for the New York Islanders in a way. And it, 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 it's sad to like put it in that aspect. That's what I'm saying. But if you're looking at it from a ho- like a hockey aspect, it's, it's great for the New York Islanders that we had that time to reset, get these uh, injured players that were so, you know, key to our team back into the lineup. At beginning at full force and mm-hmm. kind of just having a clean slate again because we were just in a, we were like in our own heads I feel like towards when we had after the trade deadline after we you know got Pajot, we were just I feel like we were in our own heads we were just so much high on expectations that we were kind of uh killing ourselves by wanting so much more and wanting to do so much and you know players getting injured left and right you know it was first it was Pelic, then it was uh Casey Zizigas then it was Boychuck and just all these things that you know just bad you know mishaps that were happening one after another another and it was just slowly taking our downfall and i don't know if the islanders would have made the playoffs at the end of the season if we kept going on the way we were going
2: right yeah cuz it always seems like even though we saw this last year too islanders they started off so hot and then like the trade deadline all star game happened it's like it's like what, like what happened like so i like like you guys said like i definitely agree that you know With the Buffalo's- I was like, this definitely, like, was a blessing in disguise kind of that this COVID yeah. happened that we definitely needed this break.
0: Every every team going into this playoffs, I said, don't take anything from the season of how people were playing or any um, momentum into the playoffs because it's, it's a clean slate. Yeah. How people were playing months ago is not going to be the same way they're going to play today. They got to get the rest of the skates. It might be, you know, like, kind of like mimicking a beginning of the season. Who knows? Maybe yeah. the- Will come out you know Brock Tover becomes uh, Brock July <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. I, it's
2: gonna be interesting Um other than the Islanders who do you think who do you think you could see winning or going to the Stanley Cup this this with this playoff
0: yeah no I had a few teams in mind I mean obviously the St. Louis Blues are one they're still a strong team and they're still going to be up there wanting a back-to-back win Uh looking at Tampa Bay I still have my hearts that like Tampa Bay is going to be up there and if they can get out of their playoff funk, they can definitely be up there. Boston Bruins, absolutely. They're always a strong team and are just killer on the ice. If Pasternak, it was the same way he was this last season. It's going to be mm-hmm. insanity from him. Uh, and then another team from the West I was thinking of, I think. If I was to go, like, hmm. I, I was,
1: Hmm? Vegas?
0: Yeah, Vegas. That was it. Thank you. And I was like, I can't think of the name right now. But, yeah, no, it was Vegas. Vegas is another strong team where I feel like they can have another deep run.
1: So, I know one of your all-time favorite players is Robin Leonard. That's why Vegas kind of came to my mind. like right? Yeah,
0: that's uh, – and I was thinking with that goaltending duo. Mm-hmm. That's just – That's just fire right there. (laughs) Like this, I don't know how that's not going to be hard, you know, to get pucks past those two. Both outstanding goaltenders together on the Vegas Golden Knights. That's going to be a hard team to score against.
1: You know, the stories around when Robin Leonard was negotiating with the Islanders were all kind of all over the place. It almost seemed like the Islanders were blaming him. He was blaming the team. It was basically kind of a take it or leave it deal at the time. And he decided not to take it. And then he wound up signing a one-year deal with, I think, Chicago before he got traded to – Vegas. Um, what were your thoughts on that whole situation? Did you think that Lou really dropped the ball there in bringing Leonard back? Because it just looked like once Leonard was out of the picture, he went right after Varlamov. And Varlamov has been very good. Like, I've been – but Leonard was definitely – last year he was in a league of his own.
0: It's so hard because we don't know the circumstances that surrounded what happened. I heard so many different things. I heard that his agent asked for, like, too much money. And then, you know, and you don't, you don't poke the bear. You don't poke Lou. Lou, it's gonna say you're gonna get this and you're gonna get this. Take it or leave it. Yeah. And that's that's Lou Lamarrello for you. Like he he's not gonna do one way or another. He's not gonna you know he's not gonna like sugarcoat anything. He's gonna tell you straight up what he wants and what he wants to do. And I don't I don't know if it was Leonard's agent. I don't know if it was Leonard himself. I don't know what went down. And you know I can't say I hate Lou and I like uh, can't you know disrespect my favorite player in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what happened, and that's gonna be the fin- the finality of that. It just it didn't happen, and we have you know you gotta keep going. You gotta say you know what it didn't happen, and he- <laughs> I don't know you know s h i t happens.
1: <laughs> <It's not laughs> I don't know family- if I can. It's not a family show. It's okay. Okay, Sorry. so shit
0: happens, and <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if you- I could. So
1: well, you no, got- no 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 no, okay. we, we, we don't you know we don't you can say whatever you want. <laughs>
0: but you gotta keep you gotta keep moving forward. Do it. Do I think we lost an amazing goaltender? Yes, and but you have to keep rolling with the punches. And you know Varley, there, I understand why he went after Varley. Varley was that piece to enticing Sorkin to come over and say, "Hey, you know what? Like, here we you got your buddy here. You know, yeah. you guys are good friends. You know? <laughs> you know, we, you know, it's things like that. And you know what? If you look back, you know, Bill Tory did the same thing on the Dynasty New York Islanders. If getting those players that will entice other superstars to come over so I understand why Varley happened was I happy about it not really (laughs) but it has it had to happen
2: yeah it was and like Leonard especially like I know you're like number one fan like for Leonard but, like, Leonard really took the Islanders by storm, And people fell in love with him were kind of really upset when, like, he didn't come back. But that's the thing about MRL. It's this, this, and this, and that's how it's going to be. And that's what I love about my GM, you know. I love, I love a GM like that. I mean, Craig, we talk people, about this all the time. with people, the felt, people loved Leonard because he really came clean about
1: his uh, personal issues. Mm-hmm. And you only wanted to see him succeed that much more. Yeah, Yeah. he really did. He was fantastic for the Islanders last year. He created
0: Islanders history.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it was disappointing when he left because a lot of people – and one thing I know, like, I mean, I've been an Islander fan for a long, long time, just like you, just like, you know, Clem. You know, Clem didn't take the receipt off the hat yet. (laughs) So, but um, you know, one thing I've learned about being an Islander fan is that we are so loyal to players, we are so loyal to the Coliseum, we are so loyal to tradition. And, uh, and what I mean by that is, and Clem and I have talked about it, when the Islanders had first announced they were moving to Barclays Center and they wanted to change the horn for the goal, I <laughs> thought Long Island was gonna burn the Barclays Center down because they were just like, are you kidding? They were, they were furious. It was like gonna be a subway or something like that or the organ player wasn't going to be an organ player, it was going to be like an electric piano player or something like that. Mm-hmm. Judging by your facial reactions, um, you know, it, I think you can agree with what I'm saying that they're just, we are just a loyal, we are very loyal to the orange and blue.
0: No, exactly. And it's like when you're trying to change something that you, we've fallen in love and this is our team, this is where, this is how we won the four Family Cups. We right. want to keep this tradition. I mean, like, look at the St. Louis Blues still using the same, you know, goal song on the organ, you know, when the Saints come marching in. Like, that's something that I love about the St. Louis Blues organization. They have that, you know, tradition. That's what I love about the New York Islanders. It's the same way. We still keep those traditions that kept us strong and proud, especially in our greatest moments. Um, To take away Sparky, I was like, get out. And then the subway (laughs) horn, I was like, it literally hurt me. I was like, "What the?" F-? I was like, <laughs> "I remember hearing that." I was like, "They did, they did not. They did not just decimate my team." And then I'm good friends with Paul Cartier, who's our organ player. Right. And he was he he was even pissed about everything. Like, even when they tried to make us not do let, let uh, the Rangers suck chance. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Oh
1: my God, you like, can't.
0: It's tradition. Like, <laughs> you can't take away that that's
1: Brooklyn, that's Brooklyn for you in a nutshell. <laughs>
0: But yeah, no Belmont is gonna be such an upgrade. Uh, Paul showed me they're getting him a whole brand new, like top, top, like top of the art organ for the new Ooh. Belmont Arena. So it's gonna be I, just as gorgeous. And
1: I drove by it this morning, like the construction this morning. It was like it's crazy that they're finally gonna have it. It's like right next to the racetrack, which is like yes, you know, go watch the horses in the afternoon and then go stay for the Islander game at
2: seven o'clock. I mean, that's you can't get <laughs> any better than that.
0: Islanders fans are gonna have a bad gambling problem.
2: Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> But even like you mentioned with like the tradition, like we've had, you know, guests on in the past. And like what I've noticed through our accounts are that with you and Andrew Gross are the those are like our two most liked and like retweeted tweets that we had. And I'm like the Islanders fan. They they'll love to talk about the Islanders. They will come out of nowhere and be like, I love the let's go Islanders. I'm like, (laughs) yes. Let's go. Like, I love – I, like, love the Islander fan spirit. It's n- and even just in hockey in general, it's just, like – even, like, when the St. Louis Blues won the Stanley Cup, it's, like – like, I didn't know hockey was that popular in St. Louis. Like, no one knew, or even Nashville as well. Hockey has, like, its fair sh- – the thing about hockey is,
1: is it in- it's not as insanely popular as, like, football or basketball. But one thing it has is it just has its diehards. It mm-hmm. probably has the most diehards you'll ever see. And Islander fans are a diehard all the way bunch. They know everything. They remember the, you know, the history, you know, pot van bossy Gillies, you know, the works. My dad, to telling me stories all the time. My dad, my dad used to go to Islander games. Like with I've never, I didn't really go when I was that young, but it was just like, just, that was just a different time. And it was just it was so much fun. my dad was at one of the cup winning when they won the cup. And I think it was 80, I think it was 81 mm-hmm. when he won. And, um, it's just they are – hockey fans in general are an insanely loyal fan base. And, Clem, you can wear a jersey and hat, but I'm pretty sure it's safe to say you are not going to trump uh, Kim. As oh, I know them. I know, I won't. That's without that's, that's <laughs> a doubt. You're not going to trump for Like, I didn't even try. That's why I wore a white tee. Like, I didn't even try. I was like, it's not going to happen. Oh, my gosh. We've had this
0: discussion before. We had this discussion before about uh <laughs> our fandoms and things like that.
2: Yeah, like, I was going to say, yeah, I was just mentioning to Craig, like, I've met big Jet fans, I've met big Met fans, Nets, Knicks, all these things, but I was like, you probably top the list, honestly. And I'm not, like, and it's not just because I know you, it's just, like, I, like, people, like, you know so much about the Islanders and everything like that, and I consider myself a big Jets fan, and so does Craig as well. But like it's on a it's on a different level. Like, I really like, wow. Like every time you like speak to me about Islander stuff, I'm just, I really am taken away by everything you say. I really. Go well,
0: ahead. That. Uh, <laughs> I was just saying I, I really appreciate that and uh I guess I just kind of wanted to prove something, especially being a woman in – like a woman in hockey, uh, because I can't tell you how many times people will just come up to me and be like, oh, are you a hockey fan or are you a hockey fan? So it's I kind felt, of like
1: and you I felt insulted, right?
0: I made it a challenge. Can I know much more than a, you know, a male hockey, like a male hockey counterpart? Can I, you know, come up to a conversation, slide in about something that's going on in the league and turn heads? Because I want to, like, kind of like the Islanders model now, prove people wrong in that aspect.
1: Oh, that's great. And the thing is we were looking for a super fan, and I was, like, following your stuff, and I reached out to Clem, and I was like, I really want to try to get her on the show because she just, you know, she's – she looked just an Islander super fan. And, you know, Clem, I texted Clem and Clem, of course, you know, he was playing total head games that day. Cause so he just, <laughs> I'll wait, I'll wait to just kind of drop it on him that I know her. <laughs> and he waited and he goes, and I said, Oh, listen, man. I like, I, I, I remember I copied and pasted your Twitter, like your homepage. And I said, is there any way we can get her on the show? Like, I don't know. Like, it, cause there was no way to really reach out to you. And Clem just goes, he waited and he waited and like, he goes, Oh yeah, I know her. I went to school like, and <laughs> totally made me feel like
2: such a turd. <laughs> <When> he, <laughs> he was like, oh, you think we could? I was like, we, ab- I, like I said, he saw we. I was first like, thing he said was, we dead. absolutely <laughs> and, I,
1: and I said to Clem, and I said, you don't owe her money, right? Just so we're sure. I don't, wanna, I don't want to, like, you know, I don't want to bring back some bad memories or anything. No.
0: Nah, it's. I was so happy when, like, uh, Chris reached out to me. I was very excited about, you know, talking with you guys and stuff like that. Especially since Chris and I became such close fans. Because when he learned I was an Islanders fan, we were like, let's go. Yeah. We were like, That's,
1: the only Islanders fans in school together. Like, of my, like, I've had a hard time finding Islander fans friends for so long. Because every friend I have is a Ranger fan. You know, like just by, I guess by default. So, Two of my really good friends, like I, I used to work with their wives at my job, and then, but I still keep in touch with them. And then I found out they were like hardcore Islander fans. And every time the playoffs come around to the Coliseum of the Barclays, we always go. And the last time I went with my friend, I think it was when they played the Penguins. Not this past year where they swept them. It was the one where they lost they lost in overtime. Yeah. Like that really questionable Sidney Crosby dive, which I, I, yeah. I was standing right there. And I said, he totally bought, he totally like flopped on that play. And I remember the first period the Islanders scored like maybe two minutes into the game or three minutes into the game. By the end of the first period, my voice was shot. Yep. Because it was so loud in that arena. And, like, that's what the Coliseum, like, it is a huge advantage for the Islanders with that deafening of an arena that you can't hear. Like, the other teams would even say that it's like, you know, it's, it's such a pain to, like, listen to and hear. Like,
2: it's crazy.
0: Barclays broke us against Carolina. Straight up. Oh, yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. That, it, without a doubt did. Now the way Craig just mentioned that you know it's so hard to find Islanders fans, I know your boyfriend is a big Rangers fan. So how I got I I don't think I've ever asked you this question, but how does this work? How does that work out? God God bless you.
0: I I always get this question. Um, Yeah, like even in my past relationships, I was all Ranger fans because finding an Islanders fan is really not. Uh, you know, usual. And my fr- it actually ruined my first relationship. Uh, we actually got into, like, it was, like, chirping, and then we started getting into, like, heated arguments. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> and it turned like, it turned to be, like, really, like, a bloody battle. Like, it, <laughs> it was really bad, but um, with my boyfriend now, it's, like, we're hockey fans first. And so we'll talk about the entire league. I like getting different viewpoints. He helps me through a Rangers viewpoint because I obviously have the bias of going, nothing Rangers, please get <laughs> out of my face. But, he, you know, it helps to open up, see different aspects of what's going on around the league. Kind, You know, and he helps me, you know, especially when I'm doing podcast stuff, I'll ask him his opinions about stuff. And it's it's nice, you know, we don't talk to each other when it's Islander Ranger game days, like that doesn't happen. Uh, but... <laughs> We do, we just, we go in together and we enjoy games and we kind of, we make like little tiny bets with each other and stuff like that. But it's just, it's just a fun atmosphere of just being able to talk to someone who knows hockey, you know, not just about your team, but around the whole league. And we just put that first and we'll watch highlights together and things like that. And that's what I most, you know, love about a person is their personality and also with hockey are they a lover of hockey or are they just that you know I'm a fan because they're doing well right now yeah. bandwagoner
1: <laughs> I see you rocking it looks like Jason Blake is that my right
0: No nah. it looks Johnny like Boychuck
1: Oh Johnny Boychuck okay do you uh, how many jerseys do you have as, a, as an Islander super fan and which one is your favorite the I have
0: two one? I have two on the way Okay. Uh, so, that that's I'm getting a Leonard Sabres right now and a John G- gabriel Pajot.
1: Wow, you're really but, just like cornering Robin Leonard's career. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I'm trying to get every single team he's played for. But, um, yeah, no, I have uh, two cases, Zizekas, home and away,
1: mm-hmm. because
0: he's been my favorite player since I was like 12, I would I mean,
1: say. I am such a huge fan of Zizekas. I just wish he wouldn't get hurt as much.
0: I know. Before,
1: that like, that was, was just a, a freak
0: accident with the knee. That was a freak you know, accident.
1: But he's such a different, he is a difference maker on that fourth line, like totally. Absolutely. When Martin, Sezikis, and Clutterbuck are together, mm-hmm. that line is the, that's the, the tone setter for the game right there.
0: Barry Trotz talked about that too in the training camp. He's like, I can't break that up. He's like, they've been playing together so long, you can't break that line up. They always have to be together. And I was like, yeah, you know, it's straight up.
1: It was so, funny how they, after they okay. reacquired Martin, they put him right on that fourth line with Zezicus and Clark. No, <laughs> like, like, I mean, like it's like idiot proof to, do, you know, just do that.
0: <laughs> so we got two Zezicus, my Johnny Boy Chuck right here. I have my Robin Leonard, which is actually hanging to my left over here. Okay, that's my signed Robin Leonard jersey. That's my baby. Like no one, no one touches that because it's my pride and joy. I have a Leonard Chicago jersey. I just got a Leonard Vegas jersey.
1: (laughs) I I like the Vegas jerseys a lot. They're good. They're very, they're very
0: gorgeous. I didn't realize all the subtle details within the logo. So that was really, really interesting to me. Um, My friend, uh, Donald Rosner, who owns Blue Line Deli, uh, he gave me a signed Chicago Chelios jersey. Which, really? Yeah, no, it's awesome. it has a certificate of authenticity and everything. I was like, holy crap! I was like, you sure? He was like, yeah. He's like, it's all yours. So I love that jersey. Do I count the fake jerseys? Yeah,
1: you can. Yeah, I don't have any. Like, I I have the T-shirt jerseys. I, was, I can't.
0: You know. Yeah. Oh, I have Matt Barzell, which is real.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I have a Maddie Barzell, and then I I have a fake John Tavares one. That was from my first boyfriend, who was a Rangers fan. It was a fake John Tavares from China, and the sea is crooked.
1: <laughs> the Chinese, yeah, I know those websites pretty well.
0: <laughs> it was it was already telling the future before you know anyone knew. <laughs> a crooked captain. Uh, <laughs> excuse me. Um. Uh, and then we have I have a fake Landis cog uh, given to me by a friend. Oh. Uh which you know I'm I'm still down for. It, so it's like my my only Avalanche one. I'm not a big Lars Cog fan, but he was like, "Hey, do you want this?" and I was like, "Yeah, sure. Why not?" <laughs> and I <was> like, <laughs> so I I got that jersey and uh and then I have two more on the way. So I think i have around like 10, but I'm getting like 12. So I'm I'm, I'm getting there.
1: <laughs> you almost have enough for a whole roster. Yeah, no. <laughs> my my
0: Barzel jersey has 17 signatures? Really? Yeah. If if you want me to get it out, I'll show you. I'll show you that. Uh,
1: that's up to you. If you want to, I, I don't have a problem.
0: This has Bobby Nystrom on it. I don't know if you can see it.
1: I can, yeah. That, that, is, that's that was
0: Bobby Nystrom at um, Tinelli's retirement game. He he came out, you know, saw some fans, and he, he signed the back of my jersey. Um, I got a few signa- signatures on this hat. One is Butch Goring on here. Got a few on there. I
1: see, I see the 91 here.
0: Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Let's see. Hold on. Breaking the system.
2: <laughs> I told you, man. Super fan.
0: <laughs> no, this was my Barzell given to me for uh, Christmas in his rookie season. This is the back.
2: Oh my
1: God, that's.
0: But yeah, Patrick Flatley signed here in the blue, so you can't really see it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, way to go, Flatley, but.
1: Not now, a is lot over. Like over time, like do you wait? Do you like like after the games are over? Do you like? Do you hang out, like, outside to, like, watch the players or not really? Yeah.
0: Or? A bunch of these were actually gotten on the train to Brooklyn.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, I know uh, the players I – I know a lot of the players take the train. I mean, I, there's no other way to get to Brooklyn, especially yeah. game time.
0: Me and my friend Stephanie, who Chris knows,
2: mm-hmm. no, we, no, have, no,
0: we, we wanted to go to a game early because it was, you know, it's New York City. We're like, oh, let's grab some food, and then we'll go, like, to Shake Shack across the street, then we'll go to Barclays center. So we were like two seconds away from missing the train. So we jump in the train we're like, oh my God, we made it, let's go. And we're like, yeah, right? And we turn and then there's like 12 Islanders sitting in the seats. We were like, <laughs> we were like, oh, shit. <laughs> and that's where I got like a bunch of these signatures uh, from some of them was just meeting players by um, that were on the concourse. I got right. Trache and Nystrom just meeting them on the concourse. Uh, and then the Belmont groundbreaking They had the alumni signing, so I got a Mm -hmm. bunch of alumni signatures on here from them. This jersey goes all the way back. I think I have Davidson on here from when Davidson was on the team back in, like, God, 2018 or something like that. (laughs)
1: Davidson? Oh, I think I know who that is. Was that – it was must have been one of those like deadline deals like Garth Snow made. Or
0: yeah, or it was. It was one of the. It wasn't Garth. I I think it was Garth Snow that got of, that. Like
1: one of the fourth liners. He always used to require to make it look like he did something, but he really did.
0: <laughs> but yeah, Matthew Barzell is right here on the jersey. I met him in New York City at a signing.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh. So that was a really amazing. But yeah, no, that's like my most signed jersey. Uh, and it's my pride. it's another pride and joy of mine. <laughs>
2: I was gonna say, I asked Andrew Gross this question when we when we interviewed him. I want to get your thoughts on the Fisherman jerseys.
1: See, uh, no, okay. No, <laughs> you don't cool. like them. You don't See, like I them. I like them. I think they're they're so underrated. I really I do. Think they are too. I like. Andrew, them. Andrew got mad at me because I like the black jerseys. <laughs> it's like the black Brooklyn.
2: jerseys. Oh,
0: both are horrible.
1: <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, Andrew
2: was like almost like visibly offended.
0: I hate the Fisherman more than the black jerseys.
2: Really? Because, you know, like when I go to games, a lot of people are wearing the fisherman jersey. And I'm, I don't get it. They're trying to represent. They're trying to
1: bring it back. I either think that they, Either that or they just don't remember that time when everybody really did hate that jersey. <laughs> I, that jersey.
0: My, you know what? My, I have a little bias. I guess my mom grew up telling me about the 90s era who, you know, who had that jersey. She refused to buy that jersey. Um, and just everyone calling us fish sticks. And yeah, you know yeah. what? I, you know, in my household, we, we have fish sticks in the house, and it, it looks exactly like the damn box. And I'm like, yeah, I don't want to be associated with the damn food. You know, I want something that strengthens our team, something that, you know, something I've always wanted with the Islanders, especially growing up, is to finally have teams turn around and say, we're facing the New York Islanders. This is going to be a tough game.
1: Yeah.
0: I wanted that respect and admiration towards that we're a team to beat. And having a stupid
1: – Fisherman
0: fisherman on the the cover is just I, it's just I really really hate the design the teal is disgusting to me it doesn't fit
1: okay. He here's so an opportunity to an islander it's not a fisherman so what would your like if you had to have a, a, a like a figure on the jersey what would an islander be to you
0: I wouldn't
1: <laughs> like would it be something terrible. that
0: I, you know, you were talking about tradition before. This is my tradition. I think this logo is perfect. It shows who we are. We're, we're the island. Mm-hmm. You know, especially in New York, you know, Islanders are a separate breed from New York City or upstate New York. It shows, like, who we are fully as, you know, just a, a people. And I love that the eye goes into Uniondale. I love that it shows, you know, our roots and things like that. And I just think the logo is perfect within itself. There's nothing of a change about it. Mm-hmm. I think it was just, you know, a perfectly made logo. I think they did a fantastic job and there is nothing I would change about it. The, I understand, you know, I read Nick Herson's book, We Want Fish dicks. You know, I understand, you know, more about that time period, about how a lot of teams were rebranding. It was good for sales, things like that. You know, the need for the money push. But it was just the wrong, the wrong direction.
1: Nine times out of ten, people hate, like, new jerseys. Like, when you're – like you just said, it, it is tradition. It is, this is who we are. You're a thousand percent right. So when, of course, when that changed and like you have this guy in a fisherman's outfit and holding a hockey stick, the uproar was crazy. Plus that was also during the Mike Milbury era and everybody just likes to forget that era.
0: No, yeah, exactly. And you know, when the but when you have a new jersey and it's such a bad logo that all the other teams in the NHL are chirping your jersey, mm-hmm. you got a problem. <laughs> You got a problem. And it's not something, oh, let's bring back humiliation.
1: Yeah, no. <laughs> and the crazy thing is, people want it back. No, I know. And how like, people I get. I, like I, I know the parents might wear it during warm ups, but that's about as far as it's going to go. It's never going to I seem get like for
0: some it. people, when they were born, that's nostalgia to them because when they grew up, That was the first logo. That was the you know the jersey at the time, and I understand that. But when you look at like what we have had and what we have now, Mm -hmm. like the upgrade, I would say it was to the fisherman. If you go in like that respect, if your first logo is a fisherman and then you go back to the traditional, it's like high upgrade. And like I don't know, it just the fisherman was a horrible logo to me. We were mocked around the NHL. I don't care if we did well. They would still mock us. I feel like even if we were a good team, they would have still mocked us on that logo no matter how good we were. I don't, you know, people say, oh, because we played bad. And I understand that. But it's also, even if we played well, we would have been mocked.
1: The lettering was, like, not straight. It was kind of, like, almost like going on, like, a decline. Like, you were going down a hill. So like when there was like Ziggy Palfi and like well, like a guy like for example Marius Tchaikovsky, like his name literally would just fall right off the jersey because it was so no, yeah. Was such a long name.
0: If there's anything I wish they would revamp, maybe the wave design. Keep the traditional logo. Keep the blue and you know orange and white, but revamp the wave design without the teal. If we could revamp that in a way that associates our you know the blue, orange, and white, I think that would be a pretty good jersey. <laughs>
1: All right, so I have one last question that's not hockey related. Ooh, okay. um, so uh, you know the president of the A One Sports Network? He's in the middle box right there. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Please tell me you have some kind of an embarrassing story about him at. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Okay, but and trust me, I, you, you have as much time as you need.
0: So okay. I don't know if you know,
1: but uh, hey, he's, he's a bit of a
0: party animal.
1: Did, uh, he, did he like mess up a keg stand? Did he not make it through a pub crawl? I mean, like,
0: <laughs> he was the so in our sorority in the
1: college. wrong fraternity house one day, and like, he <laughs> got the wrong house. I mean, like, please give me something. Uh,
0: at our sororities at college, we have a nice, uh, formal dance and things like that. Uh, his girlfriend, his girlfriend is like, amazing, I love her. Uh, and uh, she brought him to formal, obviously, because you know, the two are great, and uh, well, I. Chris went off and he was center of the dance floor like the whole night. And you know, oh, yeah, I the,
2: remember that. Yep, even the MC was like, Go, Chris, go, Chris. I remember that.
0: My it's funny because when I asked my boyfriend, I'm like, He was like, I'm doing an interview. He goes, With who? I'm like, With Chris from uh, college. He goes, Who's Chris? And I'm like, Remember the guy at my formal? He goes, Oh, that Chris. He goes, Oh, <laughs>
1: Jeez, man, everybody
2: knows you. You're quite the celebrity. Did you like break dance that day or something? like imagine just terrible white guy dancing that's me right uh-huh. that that's that, i'm that guy at at the weddings parties that's me do i
0: have a do i still have a video from that i'm curious oh so it was like
2: so it was like the seinfeld episode when elaine is dancing with the thumbs yeah, that's that me. me like i like i think like i know i'm a terrible dancer but i just love going out there and like if i could just make people laugh And like, be like, oh, like I, I I know I'm doing something right. So I, 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 for the record, you weren't a pledge, right? Like you had. No, I was not a pledge. No, No, I was not a pledge. No, we like I, I, like love like making a fool out of myself to bring other people enjoyment. If that makes any sense. Yeah, that that sounds about right.
1: That's okay. I mean, I mean, the funny thing is, like, part of me expected that. I don't know why. I expected Klim to just be like, you know cut loose, like, without, you know, on the dance floor or something, at a for- at something, you know, or like, like I said, you know, he wakes up one day, he doesn't realize he's not in his fraternity house, it's in someone else's <laughs> fraternity oh
0: No, I don't have any, like, good, juicy stories like that, but no, that's definitely one that sticks out in my mind. I mean, every time I talk, talk with Chris at uh, college, it was like, uh, you know, in the lunch area, we had really good conversations about hockey. Mm-hmm. I think I still have a photo where you had the Tavares jersey, like, X'd out.
2: Like, <laughs> <laughs> I had, yeah, because I, I don't know, those guys. Yeah, I was that. I, yeah, I remember I put the electrical I, tape over the '91. Yep, n- not yeah. even '91. I just threw it right over the name. I was like, and I put like trader right into the, in the name. I was like, this guy's an asshole. This guy's. Yeah,
0: stuck. I love that. I remember taking a photo with you and going like, "Yep." Mm.
1: <laughs> I just remember that the day that we lost Tavares, like that weekend. I, it's like with each passing day, I just kept saying, "It this is not good." I was like. They would have signed him by now if he was. Yep. He was going to stay an Islander. This just didn't feel right the whole weekend, and then all of a sudden it broke that he that he took the deal with Toronto. Yeah. it, was just, uh, it was- I mean, listen, I'll never doubt. Listen, he's a free agent, so he can do whatever he wants. I just hated the way he handled it. Because- no,
0: exactly, and that's what every Islanders fan feels: is that we hated the way that you know John handled it, and especially since I feel like in a trade we could have that forward depth exactly. that we honestly, truly need right now.
1: And from what I read, he's like. I read a whole bunch of different stuff that he didn't want to be traded. Yeah, he tra- no, he, he said, don't Garth trade he, he said, don't trade me. And Garth was ready to trade him because he didn't know if he was going to keep him.
0: Exactly. Keep
1: him. And so you kind of felt, okay, there's some good faith there. Maybe there's a good faith negotiation. And then he just kind of took the money and ran to Toronto. And then we get a picture of him on Instagram and in his like <laughs> Toronto Maple Leaf pajamas when he was like seven. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, was my le- that was my favorite Leonard tweet when he was in Toronto for like two seconds and then he tweeted himself with the uh, John Tavares photo with the panda head on him. Like I was (laughs) dead. Oh man. I remember my brother put a Jersey and it said et tu Brute on it. Uh, (laughs) That was a great Jersey. Uh, I had a lot of, I put Goring on the back of mine and I, when uh, his commercial came out in Toronto, I don't know if you guys know, he had a commercial in Toronto about uh, like they asked him, what's your favorite hobby? Yeah. Um, you, do you know what no, he I've is?
1: never seen it, no.
0: He goes, grocery shopping. Oh, God. So he on came the off back,
1: with such like a – he came off with such like a – like watching paint dry. Like
0: so, when, <laughs> so when we placed the, the Toronto Maple Leafs the third time, I put on the back of my jersey, grocery shopper. Uh, <laughs> and, like, my friends were saying, I like, guess we were walking there, like there's people taking pictures of your back. And I was like, I know. I was like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, because I'm smart.
1: <laughs> but, you know, uh, I was
0: just poking fun and having fun with that.
1: No, nah, listen, he's out of the picture at this point, and I'm fine with it. Uh, I'm glad every time Toronto doesn't do well. I mean, it's just because everybody immediately made that. And, listen, they could wind up making a run this year, but I don't know. It just seems like ever since he went there, they just haven't really been as good as they were supposed to be.
0: islanders leaves Easter Conference Final.
1: Oh, my God. It's going to be <laughs> so <laughs> cutthroat, that game. They're gonna be literally awesome. be, I mean, the fourth line will be out on the, uh, with Tavares on the face off and the minute he, they drop the puck.
0: Why, hello again. <laughs> you ready to get kicked out of round one? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Kim, man, this was awesome. Uh, thank you so much for just hanging out with us and talking some the hockey. And uh, we're nine days away from playoff hockey, man. I, I, I couldn't be more excited right now. But, I can't uh,
0: believe it's already nine days.
1: Yeah, I know. It's just been flying by with the uh, scrimmages and the practices and just reading about it every day. It's just like, who would have thought that our summer during this whole pandemic is going to have us watching playoff hockey in July when normally that's free agent time?
0: I'm going to be watching hockey on my birthday. It's really going to be weird.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But listen, uh, we really appreciate you taking the time to hang out with us and talk some island hockey, and hopefully we can have you on again in the future.
0: Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Craig. Always fun talking to. Yeah, you know, we
1: definitely want you back for the playoffs. So let's let's definitely set up during the playoffs. We'll definitely we'll try to get you on to get some uh, analysis so far of the. Uh, oh, yeah. the- yeah, this year.
0: I'm gonna be doing streams of me just watching games. I feel like just for fun, you know, just to get my reactions to everything. And I did that during um during our 1819 run. One of those games, I actually skinned my knee. So. Oh. <laughs> So I'm down, but thank you guys. I love talking to fellow Islanders fans. You guys are fantastic.
1: All right. Thank you so much, man. We really appreciate it. And again, definitely want to have you on as the playoffs progress. If you're, if you're down for it.
0: Of freaking course. (laughs) All
1: right. Thanks, Kim. Take care of yourself. All right. And uh, let's go Islanders. That was Kim Moisa. Check out her podcast, Kim in the crease. It's available on YouTube as well as Periscope and, uh, She is our Islander super fan. She is the ultimate Islander super fan. And uh, definitely check it out. And uh, there we go. Let's have one more hang. (laughs) So, Kim, before we get out of here, do you have anything for us? you want to just – any type of uh, sign-off before we get out of here?
0: Um, If you guys uh, love New York Islanders, you can follow me on Twitter at IslesGirl3. But uh, to fellow Islanders fans who are, you know, out there and maybe, you know, possibly listening, just – you know, remember that you're loyal. Never give up hope on your team because with every down, the high will be that much sweeter.
2: Couldn't agree with you more. Clem? That's it for me. I mean, I'm, whew, I'm good. Clem, <laughs> take it easy, all right? Don't pat yourself on the back too
1: hard. <laughs> uh, on that note, that'll do it for us on the Moffat on the Mic show for this Monday night. Again, a special thank you to Kim Moisa. Uh, check out the Kim and the Crease podcast again on YouTube as well as Periscope. She is the Islander super fan we have always wanted on the show, and uh, we appreciate her taking the time to come hang, to hang out with us and talk some Islander hockey. Playoffs nine days away. I couldn't be more excited. Couldn't be more fired up to be watching, my God, hockey in July. Who would have who thought? Never thought Especially I'd playoff see Playoff hockey in July. Actually, wait. Kim, before we go, real quick question, since we're not going to have any fans in the arenas. Do you think the Coliseum should set up kind of similar to like that drive-in movie thing that a lot of other places are doing just try to have the hockey game out there?
0: Yes, I was literally saying that too. I was like, yo, set up like a huge like projection or something. Find like a big place where Islanders fans can come in their cars and just watch together, you know, and like in separate, maybe make parking spots like every other car or something like that you know, spread us out in, like, maybe an up-and-down pattern, kind of like how my pictures are, an up-and-down pattern, yep. for us to be able to watch playoffs together as a United fan base. And, and that's another thing. Use, nothing both,
1: sides, use both parking lots, the one in the back, which exactly. I always have the best time trying to – it's so much easier finding a spot in that lot than it is in yeah. the front lot. Everybody goes through that front lot. So, like I was saying, I think, Clem, you and I talked about that. Mm-hmm. When hockey first came back and there was not going to be any fans, I was like, they should just use the parking lot for – just to televise the games. The fans would go nuts. If they just yeah. have tailgating all day and then just getting ready for game time and stuff. I hope uh, so. Yeah. I hope they do too. Since they're not using it for anything else right now. But, um, Clem, thank you for holding it down like you normally do. And thank you for booking Kim for us on the show today. We really appreciate it. <laughs> uh, follow my show on Instagram at Moff on the bike, Twitter at Moff on the Mic, and my Facebook page as well. Follow Clem on the A1 Sports Network on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter and follow Kim on Twitter at Isles girl three.
0: that is it
1: Uh, it? i didn't want to mess that up no you're not (laughs) (laughs) so on behalf of Clem and kim i am craig everybody have a great rest of the monday wherever you are and uh, again follow kim on instagram at islesgirl3 and check out our podcast on youtube and periscope have a great one everybody kim thank you so much for being on the show today
0: thank you
1: all right take care of yourself all right